So whose go is it to say hello? I don't, oh, wait, I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just going to do it. Then. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> hey there. Welcome to Better Words. I'm Michelle and I blog at the Unfinished Bookshelf. And I'm Caitlin and I'm just a bookish babe. So today on Better Words, well, actually not today on Better Words, no, okay, technically today. We're recording this intro the night before, so you're going back in time. But tomorrow it's Michelle's birthday. Yay! So I do actually, love birthdays. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting all mixed up with my time because, of course, <laughs> when you were listening to this, it'll either be on the 4th or, or after, after the 4th. And the 4th is Michelle's birthday. So happy birthday, Michelle! Yay! Thank you. I love birthdays. Yay! I do. I don't like Christmas and I don't like Easter and I like my birthday. <laughs> yeah, birthdays are fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, birthdays are the best. So apart from that, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've been doing lately. Yes, so, because we haven't been – it's weird. We haven't been in contact that much this week. We've, we've both, both been, been so busy. really busy. But, you know, so what have you been doing, Caitlin? That's why, I don't know. That's why we have this podcast. <laughs> um, I'm actually re-watching the first season of Riverdale. Because I am so 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 excited for the second season comes out in like nine days or something. Oh my god! Oh, I need to get internet before then. Yeah, you do. I mean, because you really, could really come really and watch do. some episodes at my house, but then I'm going to be buggering off to the UK. So yeah. you're screwed. I really need to get internet. Okay, I have a week to get internet, everybody. Um, because yeah, we're currently having to upload this at my house. Because well, yeah, because I moved internet. last week. If you listened last week, you know, if not. Better words. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I would like to watch it, but I think I'm going to save it to, like, binge on seasons one and two. I mean, I've watched season one, but to re-watch season one and watch season two when I get back it's from the UK. Yeah, no, good idea. Yeah. Don't because try otherwise, while you're away. That's well, just a I'm waste. Not going, no, yeah. I'm not going to be able to. Um, the other thing that I, I was talking about this with a colleague today, and we were just talking about, just before we started hit record, we were talking about um, – weird things and like memories around people dying and stuff um a really lovely friend and co-worker of mine who died really suddenly I'm tearing up just thinking about it who died really suddenly at this um a few months ago Mm. I had been the one to say to her you need to watch Riverdale you will love it and we were talking about that and she was like you and then I fell behind and she's like telling me I have to catch up and we would quite frequently talk about that so I had a little moment when I saw it on Facebook I was like I'm so excited and then like I just I immediately thought I have to tag Kylie in this and I was just it, I was just like oh I can't you know it just it just kind of was like a bittersweet moment where I was yeah. like remembered how much fun we used to have talking about it because um, she was pretty amazing so yeah, it was just well, like a it yeah. was just like a weird moment, but I'm really excited for this season. What are your predictions? Spoiler alert for people who haven't watched season one. What are your okay. predictions for season two? Well, first prediction that it's pretty much already confirmed is that like Fred will not be dead. Fred will have like a minor wound <laughs> in his stomach or something. Damn like, it! No, which is good because um, I like Fred. And unfortunately, my prediction, which I really, really, really don't want to come true is for Bughead, which in case you don't know is Betty and Jughead. Um, my prediction is like third or fourth episode. No, okay. Third episode, Rocky 
fourth episode, oh no, what's going on? Fifth episode, broken up, and then sixth episode, Jughead will like get with like some other serpent or something. Yeah, Did you because see you think there's that new serpents. Well, that's your prediction is the reason they're going to break up is because he's going to go full serpent. He's going to go full serpent, and Betty's not going to like it. Yeah, I love Betty. But then I think it'll be because he's like going undercover, and then he'll come Ooh, back. True. You know, like, oh, like in. Um, no, there's another TV show that's probably another CW drama where this exact thing happens. Um, oh, it might be in Pretty Little Liars when Toby joins the A-team to protect Spencer, but you don't watch Pretty Little Liars. I don't so Pretty I don't... Anyway, tweet us if that's the right thing that I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, Bit of a reggae. Veronica and Archie, yay or nay? I think they'll sleep together for the first three episodes and then something else will happen and they'll be like, <laughs> no. I like both of them. Um, I, I didn't expect... I love the girls. I love, I love Veronica and Betty. They're amazing. Those Veronica are... is such a badass. I love her. All our four main characters are so good that mm. I almost don't care who's with who. But at the same time, Jughead and Betty will be, like, so much better than Archie and Betty. And Veronica and Archie is so much better. <laughs> I mean, Veronica would never get with Jughead anyway, but, like, no. she shouldn't be with anyone else. The interesting thing, though, I don't know if you saw any of this, but I did see, like... Jughead is actually meant to be asexual, and so that yes, was something that was changed. I I did know that, and I've like as much as I that. think, oh, Betty and Jughead is cute. I I absolutely agree with what people are saying with this. That, like, that should don't be yeah, don't not yeah. represent that. Um, I don't which think is a fair that point. I don't think that that's necessarily the decision that they've made is to be like, oh no, we definitely our don't. Jughead's not asexual. Whatever. Yeah, but our, I can I Jughead. I totally see why people have, have a problem ridiculous with that. chemistry with their oh. Betty. Oh, really? Just like, it's just, I freaking love them. Oh my God. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it would be really interesting, obviously, if they were able to portray that because it Mm. is a bit of a gap that is missing. But we also kind of have to remember that the Archie comics are like, I mean, how old are they? They're like so old. They're actually not, no, they kept going. So they've, the asexual Jughead and stuff is really recent. No, I know, but like, that's what I mean. Oh, they, Jughead wasn't always asexual. No, that's a recent thing. Yeah. But I don't so, think he was ever with anyone in the – like, I mean, I don't Well, no, I don't he know, wasn't I because Betty was with Archie, which is – Riverdale true. is not a, re, a retelling or anything. It's an interpretation. Yeah, that's It's an true. adaptation. It's an adaptation. And we've talked about adaptations and how funny they can be sometimes. And – But because I, I really like – should be with Jughead. Well, I really liked what works. Riverdale did with the whole, like, Betty not being with Archie and yeah. not being, like, cheerleader Betty and – you know, Jock Archie and having the depth as well with, with the whole, like, we've been friends for ages, but I don't like you in that way. Like, I thought that was was good. Like rewatching the first, the pilot episode, like the second time round. Oh my God. Like it was so interesting to watch again, knowing sort of what happens because I had a lot more weird theories about what happened to Jason Blossom than what ended up happening. To be honest, I mean, well, I didn't see the serpents coming. I just thought there was something incestuous going on, but oh, there a hundred percent was, and there is. <laughs> you totally need to watch the show. We should probably stop talking about Riverdale. We're just going to keep talking on forever no. and ever and ever. Other we things... should we should chat about it again when I've caught up. Exactly. Stay Which, tuned for yeah. when Michelle gets back from the UK and we're all caught up on Riverdale, and we will talk about but it. But yeah, I'm glad that you're watching it again. Great show. I love yes, it. I it love is. a good drama, like full drama. You know, this show is so fast-paced. Yeah. I really appreciate that, especially considering 
lots of, I mean, actually, this show is probably going to do that as well. But, you know, all the other, like, CW drama, like, Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Lies, they're all in high school for, like, ten years. I know. It's ridiculous. Oh. Yeah. And not even just high school. It's, like, the last two years of high school. Mm. Anyway. Um, anywho, so the other things I've been doing, I read I Hate Everyone But You by Gabby Dunn and Alison Renskin, who were on BuzzFeed and hilarious and have their own YouTube channel just between us. That's so cool. They're so funny. There was a really funny reference, actually, towards the end of the book. Because um, the whole book is written in, like, emails and text messages and stuff like that. And um, at towards the end of the book, it just is, like, a side note in one of their messages. Um, one of the characters, like, emails one of the other characters and is like, P.S., have you seen this YouTube channel? You're such an Allison. And then, like, the <laughs> other character is like, I'm not an Allison. That girl's voice is so annoying. Like, <laughs> I and, love like, it. I just love it when people, Reference you know, things like that. Yeah, and when they can make fun of themselves in, mm. in ways like that. Like Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool. Yeah. Making fun of himself. Yeah, totally. Like, all of, like, when, you know, you appreciate these, like, in-jokes like in Baywatch, when Dwayne Johnson kept calling Zac Efron High School Musical. You know? <laughs> well, like, I don't know because like, you went to see it without me. Did I? Yes. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that's Anyway, good it's, really, it. it's really funny. <laughs> but um, anyway, but um, the other other thing I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. um, I read that, So, but yeah, stay tuned for that book and follow me on Instagram at Just Bookish Babe because there's some cool stuff happening there. Um, but the other book I've just started reading is called 36 Questions That Changed My Mind About You, and it's by Vicky Grant. Have you heard of that test thing? It's like you ask someone, like a stranger, 36 questions, and like by the end of it, you're in love. Yeah. Yeah, it's about that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I know. I like that. Yes. And I also was recently... Watch out any future boyfriends of Caitlin's. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I know how to make you fall in love with me now. Um, but I also... Just kidding. You're perfect anyway. Everybody's lucky to have you. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> um, you know, I was also recommended a podcast called 36 Questions, which is based on that. But it's like, you know, oh. like a storytelling podcast. So it's like yeah. one season or whatever, and it goes through like the story. I don't know what technically the story is, but obviously it's based around the test. But I'm pretty sure it's called 36 Questions. So okay. I'll have to check it out. I know. I really want to listen, but I might finish reading this book first. Actually, I've got a couple. if I was listening to, like, if I was yeah, going through would... two at the same time, I might mm-hmm. get confused. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> um, actually, there are a couple of podcasts that I just downloaded, which I can't wait to listen to and then report back. Um, they should be really good. So I'll have to give you like a podcast update because I've started listening to a couple of really good ones. Yeah. Um, so I, know, well, I haven't even started listening to that one yet, but I want to. So hold <laughs> me to it, Internet and Michelle, and yes. I will report back. Next, next week, um, mm. I should give you – I will give you a podcast update because okay. I've listened to it. I mean, like, I probably got, like, four or five new podcasts oh, really? that I've really enjoyed. So I will come back with a podcast update. Um, my life's been really crazy, too, because at work I've actually been filling in as, like, editor some days. Damn. <laughs> Which is um, really weird because, like, and it Michelle's feels like I'm not – up in the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> it feels like I'm not doing as much because I'm not trying to bash out four stories a day. But then, like, you're putting together the front page and you're, like, managing everybody's workload and it's just a, it's a different role, but it's been yeah. fun. But when I haven't been doing that um, and haven't been working on my assignment, which is due next week and it's, like, 3,000 words and it's just, like, mm-hmm. 
Um, everyone hates assignments. But, it's just you universal. Know, like, I will have an intricate knowledge of the graveyard book after this, um, which we've spoken about before. Um, the other thing which I've been doing is watching Big Little Lies. Also, oh, have you heard of this show? Of course, I've heard of it. <laughs> when you no wait, I think you told me you were reading it, and then that you wanted to watch the TV show, and you were like, "Did you know that Reese Witherspoon and Paul Kinman were in it?" And I was like, "Yeah, duh. Have you been living under a rock?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I listened to the audiobook because when we we're in Brisbane, which I'll explain funnily enough on a future episode that we recorded in Brisbane with a very good friend of mine, I was listening to The Husband's Secret by Leanne Moriarty. Oh, yep, I remember what you're talking yeah. about now. And stay so, tuned. Stay tuned for that. Um, and then as soon as I finished that, I tried listening to some other audiobooks and it wasn't really working for me. So I downloaded Big Little Lies by Leanne Moriarty. Obviously, one of her most famous now, but I'd like to say I was actually looking to read Leanne Moriarty for quite a while before she bought out Big Little Lies because yeah. of recommendations. Because, like, Michelle's so cool and hipster, you oh. can't, like, beat her to, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm no, fun of you. because I had seen some, like, Amanda from The Bookish Manicurist, mm-hmm. Danielle yeah, Binks. Big, they're all big they fans of her. They yeah. all were reading about her, but part of me was like, what if it doesn't live up to the expectation? Oh. It's like, <gasps> such a fear. So I downloaded the audiobook read by Caroline Lee, who it says on wish she was on Blue Healers, which I was like, <laughs> one of my favorite shows. That's um, cool. But she wasn't like a main character. But she also narrated all of Kate Morton's audiobooks, which I think I've recommended oh. on this podcast before, but I love Kate Morton's books in audio. Reading audiobooks would be such a good gig. Yeah. I would completely suck at it, but I think that that'd be a really good gig. Because I feel like one of the keys is having good pronunciation. Yeah, bad pronunciation, a better word. (laughs) So anyway, I loved the book. I am watching the miniseries. I was hoping to have it finished for this episode um, so that I could, like, fully discuss, but I've not finished it. Um, I am taking detailed notes on the differences between the series, and I'm I'm going to write a blog post. Um, So we'll, like, probably link that maybe, like, next week or something whenever I put it up. But the the thing, I, just like a brief summary, really loved the book. The, the How's the adaptation TV? holdings up so far? I love it, but it's got such different vibe. It's so much okay. darker and much more of I like a it, psychological thriller. I think it is supposed to be a bit dark from what I know about it. I haven't read the book or seen, but I do want to do both of those things. I've got to say, well, I mean, you can borrow, because I think you're housemate wants to I think yeah. I mentioned it to her and she wants to watch yeah, too so you guys will be borrowing well. it yeah. um I don't really like what they've done with the character of Jane who's played by Shailene Woodley from Divergent yeah I'm I've really liked her in the book and I just I don't really like her character in this I think she's still amazingly complex in a different way I just I liked that softer Jane, um, who still had a lot of power and storytelling, but I just, it's such a dark version. Um, mm, same so with good. Madeline as well, who is played by Reese Witherspoon. They've done quite, they've introduced, and I, I mean, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that they've introduced an affair that she's involved with in this, and they've also introduced some traits into her husband that weren't present in the book, and I just, I liked them as a couple in the book. I liked, mm. they did seem to be more of a team and they've, in the 
adaptation they've kind of fractured their relationship a bit more and I just I, I didn't I didn't really like Leonardo that she was a producer I saw her credit on the thing so I mean obviously she's okay with it every time I see adaptations I go like hmm I wonder how much the author had to do with that Mm. and then whenever they're like an executive producer or wrote screenplay or whatever I'm like oh that's fine fine. like if the author approves I approve I'm sure she must have approved it but I just like for me it was a a bit of a shame because I, I I liked those characters and it's like oh they're so different on screen Mm. um nicole kidman um does a fantastic job as celeste um and there's an element i don't want to spoil it because it did spoil when i heard them talk about it when don't spoil it because i haven't seen it no i'm not going to spoil it for you i just (laughs) said that when nicole kidman won her emmy Mm. i saw the news report for it and they mentioned an aspect of the storyline which i hadn't yet really got up to in listening to the audiobook and i was like oh i don't like it's not i don't think it's too much of a spoiler but i don't want to say but basically that aspect is a lot more prominent in the tv show and i think that's a good thing okay so you'll understand when you see it um and if you've Mm. seen it you'll know what i'm talking about i think it's i think it's good um it, it is a bit sad that it has a different vibe being set in an American town to what it does being set in a small Australian coastal town. And I've got oh. to say, I mean, I know it's in so, it's a, it's a, it's like a catch-22 because in some ways Leanne Moriarty's work is now getting so much um, yeah, she's exposure. Yeah, getting a lot of recognition, which is good. But at the same time, I am such an advocate for our Australian – television and film industry i know we could produce a, a mini series of that caliber if not better in australia and it's just a shame that that didn't happen but then at the same time like if it didn't get made if it didn't get made in america it probably wouldn't have got the exposure and then nicole kidman wouldn't have won the emmy and so it's like a catch-22 because if you make yeah. it in australia and you keep that talent all Australian and Australians it's probably not going to have the global audience so yeah, yeah it did, I don't know the cast of Nicole Kidman Reese Witherspoon yeah. would be yeah. yeah so I I don't know although Nicole Kidman could quite easily have still been in if it was Australian well yeah um, she's Australian yeah um so it's like it's it's there are pros and cons to both of it but I definitely know that our well, screen industry has the cal like we have the talent to do yeah. a project of that caliber and we quite frequently do Maybe a pro will be now that Big Little Lies has made one of her other books will be turned into exactly. a movie or a I mean, show. Um, I really enjoyed the hu- – I mean, I've only read The Husband's Secret and Big Little Lies, but loved The Husband's Secret. That was so good. I have sitting on my shelf Three Wishes and What Alice Forgot, so I'll probably read them soon. Yeah. Actually, the- no, I probably won't because I'll probably download an audiobook while I'm in the UK, and I think I've definitely seen Truly Madly Guilty – on my audiobook app, so I'm gonna think, I'm gonna yeah. probably get that one because I don't want to listen to ones that I could just read from my shelf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Leanne Moriarty is probably one of those authors that pretty much any one of her books would mm. be you you know would make a compelling TV show or movie, kind of like Cecilia O'Hearn. Where are the rest of your movies? Yeah. I want to know that. You know who I would love to see? I would love to see Kate Mon's books. Um, yeah, that's except another good one. They would cost a lot of money, I think, because she often has a dual narrative yeah. going yeah, back in historical. In historical yeah. and but you could do like a really good she sets them in such beautiful like English settings. I just want to see them come to life. Yeah. And I think you could do some really cool stuff with the dual narr- narrative narrative. What am I talking about? I've lost my words. Dual narrative. Dual 
narrative. I wanted to say like narrator, but I put that wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, as my mum would say. <laughs> oh my god, I'm turning into my mother. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, so I think they could definitely do it. I'd love to see that. But yeah. I'm really, I'm enjoying Big Little Lies. I'm interested to see with what they do with the ending. Um, and I'm sure maybe in next week's show notes we can put a link up to my blog post maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you've done it by then. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have it done by then. Okay. I'm telling the internet right now. <laughs> and we all know that everything on the internet is true. Yeah, of course. Everything <laughs> you read on the internet is true. Period. Yeah. This is the biggest audience, for better words, period. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are we chatting about today, Caitlin? Our TBR. Oh, gosh. It's probably going to fall over and crush me one day. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We'll be back in a minute with that. <laughs> okay, so this discussion is going to be about the inevitable, no, inevitable is the wrong word, the never-ending TBR to be read. I was just going to say that. (laughs) So the never-ending TBR lists. It's endless. So endless. And, you know, when we were book shopping in Brisbane, part of me felt a little bit sad because I was just looking around the bookshop at all the amazing books and thinking, look at all the books I don't have time to read. I'm never going to read them. Like, it's just, even if you could read for your whole lifetime, you could never possibly get through all those books you know. and it's kind of both exciting and sad. I feel so guilty when I reread books. I don't think I reread enough mm. because I just don't get around to it but that's what we're going to be discussing today. So, yes. so um, okay one of the first things I want to talk about is books yeah. that have been on your TBR for ages. Mm. Ages. And ages and, and ages. ages. So as we record this episode, we will be consulting Goodreads on our phones. Yeah. So we are super prepared. We're su- well, yeah, anyway. so And can so, we let you in on a little secret? We're actually lying on the bed and doing this. With the microphone in, in between us. Prime laziness right here. So that's a little insight for you. <laughs> okay, so Michelle, when did you actually get Goodreads? I got it in grade 12, so it would have been 2011. Okay, see, I only got Goodreads um, in 2014. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, actually, can't, in scheme things, not that long ago. Mm. So, at the the first books that are on your TBR want to read list, as it's called, on Goodreads. So, um, I actually did a blog post about this a uh, month or so ago. Um, about like the ones that you know get ditched from your TBR, so it was called Down the TBR Hole. It That's was a good fun. title. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, so it's like the first ten, um, and I had to decide if they would like go or um, stay. So I'm gonna skip over those ones. Oh, but oh my goodness, you've got Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging, yeah. which we just talked a few episodes ago about how we watched the movie again. Yeah, and we didn't actually talk about the books, but... Did you ever read it? I've never read any of them. I you... think I read about five or six. I read crap. quite how a few. How many are there? Um, I feel like I want to say something like nine, but we could just look up Goodreads on our phones. Wow. I'm, I'm going to check. <laughs> because, yes, yeah, so apparently I've added that... To my TBR. Looking, um, at, looking at my TBR, 
the first ones that I added that are still on there are a bunch of Jodie Picou books, which I own but haven't read yet. And that yeah. seems about right. Also To Kill a Mockingbird, which I still haven't read. Yeah, no, I haven't read that either. Yes, there are ten Confessions of Georgia Nicholson books. Oh, that's close. Yeah. Anyway, so some books that are on the top, well, the very top of my TBR that I've never read. Um, Angus Longs and Full Frontal Snogging by Louise Renson. The Boyfriend List series by E. Lockhart. Which is actually kind of surprising because you really like E. Lockhart. I do really like E. Lockhart, but um, I haven't read any of those ones. Um, The Princess Diaries, I never read any of those books either. I think I read the first two, but I was only about ten, so I didn't like them um, because they were obviously for a bit of an older audience and a lot of it just went over my head. I, I didn't enjoy them. I only wanted to read them because I love the movie. Yeah. Oh, here is a good one that has actually been on my TBR for ages. Um, Anna and the French Kiss, Lola and the Boy Next Door, and Isla and the Happily Ever After. Ooh. Those three sort of, uh, yeah, it's a series, like the three books. Oh, they're like um, um, they're sort companion of like, novels. Yeah, companion novels um, by Stephanie Perkins. I've wanted to read those for ages. Is Just there like a reason fun. why you haven't? Well, I don't own them. I've never bought them. Like I'm not just, at the library. They, I think they probably are. I've never, <laughs> I just never got around to it. It's so strange. I just read other things. To be honest, looking at mine, apart from Jodie Picou, there is a lot of classics on there, which I've always yeah. been like, oh, I'm going to read. Let me see some of them. All the Jane Austens, A Study in Scarlet by Arthur Conan Doyle. Um... Oh, Catch-22, War, <laughs> War and Peace. Look, let's be honest, I'm probably never going to read War and Peace. Lolita, no. um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Have you read Diary of a Young Girl, Anne Frank? I started it and I haven't finished it. I read that. Because there was a Jacqueline Wilson book I loved when I was about nine or ten called Secrets and one of the girls in there is obsessed with Anne Frank and writes oh. her diary and so I was like, oh, I have to read Anne Frank. And then, because I was quite really young, yeah. I was probably trying to read it when I was about 10. Probably uh, just wasn't young. the age yeah. group for I read it. it, like, I think last year. So, um, oh, okay. in 2016. Yeah. I would like to read it. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yours is full of classics. The top Mine of my is TBR classics. is and all these, like, contemporary YA novels. Like, one of the and other ones. Stardust by Neil Gaiman, which I might actually get to now. I've read the Graveyard book. Yeah, into Neil Gaiman. Yeah, well, because one of the other ones is the To All the Boys I've Loved Before series by Jenny Hand. People love that. I know, I've just never mm. never got around to reading them. Actually, can we stop on that that point on your phone there? Yes. Saving Francesca? Yes, by Melina Marquette. I've never read any of oh, her books. Thank goodness, because neither have I. I'm glad we're in this podcast together, <laughs> because I, th- I think... Like, I feel like people sure will be tearing out their headphones in anger at us right now. but Because we've never read Jellicoe Road or Saving Francesca or yeah. anything else that she's written. But to be fair, I do actually own Jellicoe Road and I'm pretty sure I own Saving Francesca. I well. own Saving Francesca and Looking for Alibrandi. Okay. I'll be honest, I think I'm intimidated because I worry that I might be the only one who doesn't like her stuff. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's really helped me back. And I feel like... All the people who love her right now are screaming at us, but of course you'll love her. 
it's just a, it's an irrational let you down. it's an irrational fear that we have and yes we don't want to be the odd ones out really yeah so i mean we should probably try and get to that pretty soonish i feel like that's been on yeah. my list for a long it's time it's been on my list for a really long time yeah this is really funny scrolling so, through my tv it was like this, all of these like ya contemporary sort of books and then about five marketing ones <laughs> so my life in advertising and scientific advertising by claude c hopkins hey whipple squeeze this a guide to creating great ads by luke sullivan zag the number one strategy of high performance brands by Marty. i can't even say this yumi why she buys made to stick there was a lot of marketing ones on there and i do actually quite like reading some books about that i've read books that like Gruen um, did. They had like a Gruen book, which is really interesting. I've read some other sort of businessy ones. It just surprises me that I've never watched Mad Men. It really does because it's so good. You'd love it. I watched half of the pilot and it was so sexist I had to stop. That's the whole point though. It like highlights how shitty things were. I I really do want to give it a and you have to keep going because those girls prove that those boys are wrong it's really good because peggy rises through the ranks as one of the only female copywriters and she's just fantastic oh well that's good yeah so i mean the sexism though my mum watched it with me and she was like oh yeah i had to put up with this at work and it was just scary i think it's not that long ago that women had to go through shit like that in the workplace Anyway, yeah. so can we get back to our question? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so obviously, a a discussion about some books that have been on our TBR for a while. But obviously, we both use Goodreads. Yes. How do you use it for your TBR? Do you mark every single book you want to read? Are you selective? Do you only mark books that you own? How does um, it work? Pretty much with Goodreads. Um, I don't do this as much now, but I used to go through. You know how you can click, like recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of goes through some different genres and I used to do that to try and find some new books but now I feel like we're just finding them so easily anyway I don't really do that but um, scrolling through Goodreads like if you've added a book or you know someone else that like I'm connected with mm. you know I sometimes click oh yes want to read then and there but more often than not even when I'm currently reading a book and I scan it into Goodreads or try and look it up it's I you know it's not on my t- on my want to read, and it goes straight into my currently reading a lot of the time, that's especially if they're newer. Yeah, that's an interesting point because when I first got Goodreads, I was I would add everything that I was even remotely interested in. At one point, I think I had like fourteen hundred books on my TBR because I would crap. That's because what? but because I would just be like, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. I would go through all the recommended reads and I would just hit yeah. want to read on everything. And it's so just not true. I spent a lot of time going through and culling that and taking off like some I had like want to read series and I'd have like the whole series and I would I would take it off and just leave the next book that I was up to in there. Like so oh, yeah. the following book. Um, and I culled it down, so now I only have about 520, I think maybe 524 is the number I have on there when we are recording this, um, and my red is 512, so they're kind of even. 
Yeah, mine um, even as well. But like we already said, I've been using it a lot less time than you. So my yeah, like, two read is 118 and my red is 117. Ooh. So it's actually very <laughs> Um, So lately I've started like not necessarily putting in books that I own until I start reading them, like like you said. Yeah. Um, and the only times I actually click want to read is if I am really worried that I will forget the title. Otherwise, I know in the back of my mind when I'm going to a bookshop that there are certain books that I'm interested in, but I haven't actually marked them on Goodreads. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just definitely try to be a lot more selective now. And I have I, – I do frequently like to, if I'm watching a movie or something, sit down and, like, go through my Goodreads list and be like, cull it. And it makes me feel sort of organised. Yeah. Um, but, I yeah, I definitely had a problem because, yeah, when I first got on it, I was just addicted to, like, oh, my God, finding all the books. Yes. This sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. Oh, yeah. well, I'll read that one day. Yeah. No, you won't. I won't. You won't. I think yeah. it's time I culled some of those classics. I really do. Yeah. They're classics. I'm not going to forget them either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's one of the things, isn't it? Okay, so apart from Goodreads, mm. um, how else do you sort of organise what you want to read? Oh, okay. So do you mean like you know, some people have TBRs a monthly TBRs? Um, I tried a monthly TBR once, um, but organising doesn't really um, work for me. Like I'm a very much a mood reader. Um, so I honestly am just like, oh, I'm in the mood for a contemporary now. I think I'll read that. Or, or like, for example, obviously this is playing while I'm overseas, but I'd be like, oh, I'm going to visit Scotland. I really want to read some books set in Scotland yeah. or, um, I mean, I don't do it very often, but like, oh, I feel like an American, like contemporary or something like yeah. that. So I really go based on my mood or in some cases, if we've organized an interview for this podcast, I might have to pick that up first or yeah. prioritize my university or, you know, reading. A new release and you go, yes. Yeah. I might, yeah. But yeah. I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not someone who can organise my releases. I do um, admire people who can be like, yep, these are the books I'm going to read this month and then stick to it because I'm just terrible at that. Yeah, I find that I don't stick to it. And, like, I did used to do monthly TBRs and stuff like that um, on Instagram. And whenever I would do it and I'd be like, you know, four books, and I'd be like, I'm going to read these this month. And then I ne- would never post a wrap-up because guess what? I don't, how many times have I read four books in a month? Probably not that many, to be completely honest with you. Like, mm. life gets in the way. Yeah, and then I find And then I don't want to post it and be like, like, if you're going to post on Instagram, like, a monthly TBR um, and then post a monthly wrap-up, you want it to be triumphant. I want to be like, yeah, I read, <laughs> I read more. five books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely do. So I'm not opposed to doing some wrap-ups. I do do wrap-up posts on my blog, but only every three months because I'm like, if I did a monthly wrap-up and I was like, I bought two books and I read two books, it's not very interesting. So Yeah, like I think it, it, it depends what's some people on. seem to read much more and then that can be much more interesting, but it probably just doesn't work for us. Yeah, for me it doesn't work. So I do mm. quarterly wrap-ups and usually that means I've read Oh, around eight to ten books yeah. and have bought a re- probably about the same number. Uh, because <laughs> but that's a whole other topic. Yeah, that's a whole other issue, really. Yeah, so yeah. I, 
I do think it's cool. Have you seen some people do like the TBR jar thing where they like yes. pick out a read? I think that's cool. But then again, I would honestly, I would find myself being like, mm, no, not in the mood for that. Pick out another exactly. one. Exactly. I yeah. tried to do this once when I was, um, oh, how old was I? Um, about 18, I think. I think it was in like 2014 when I first got Goodreads. I had, yeah, I would have been 18 because I had my first year of uni and it was over. Um, but before the next year started, I had like four and a half months off because of the way that my uni does the timetabling. Um, that sounds so blissful. It was, it was a bit crazy because I had so much time off because they actually squeeze an extra summer term in so that you can complete your studies quicker, but none of my subjects were available. Um, so yeah, I did this summer of 2014 and 2015. (laughs) reading goal and I read 21 books in between it is amazing yeah in between like October 2014 and then like February 2015 to be fair we did also have a cyclone in February 2015 and I had no power so good old Marsha yeah um so I probably did read more books then because we had no power and no internet and everything so I've read. And you weren't hanging out with me all the time because we didn't know each yeah, other. Yeah, we weren't friends then, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, thanks, Marsha. That helped a bit. But, um, yeah, it was very funny. But I, for that, I did try and do, like, one of those jars. And, but you're right, it wouldn't work because I would pick one out and be like, mm, this isn't the one I wanted to pick out. It's like <laughs> that classic thing. Like, where you go, oh, I can't decide. And then you go flip a coin and then, like, before it lands, you go, I want it to be that one. And, like, that's how you make your decision. And then it's not in then, yeah. And yeah. you go, Or my mum would always do the whole reverse psychology if I'd ask her and pick what she, like, she'd pick something and I'd be like, oh, no, I want the other one. She's like, yeah, I know, that's why I didn't pick it or whatever. Like, yeah. she knows that you're going to pick the other one. Yeah, Because mums so are good like that. Yeah, mums are so clever. It's so strange <laughs> how that happens, isn't I know. it? Mm. Well, anyway, okay. <laughs> so... Another thing that we wanted to talk about was how you pick. And that's <laughs> someone's car alarm going off. <laughs> All right, it's over now. Okay, so the other thing that we wanted to talk about. We probably won't cut that out, yeah. to be honest. So we covered this a little bit already, but, like, how you pick what you're going to read. Like, so how, how do you pick what you're going to read next? Well, like I said before, I'm, I'm really like a mood reader. Um, yeah. Do you find, though, that you end up like doing things in batches? Like, will you read a yes, lot of contemporaries? I really do. Yeah. yeah. I, I I'm don't craving think... a memoir right now. <laughs> I don't think I do. I think I like to switch it up. Like, I just finished reading um, a really cute memoir and I'm going straight into like a, a crime novel, like something completely different. Because I think yeah. I get sick of the genre if I read it too much or then, like, I might pick, like, a non-fiction or something um, and maybe then, like, a classic or, yeah, I just try to mix it up a bit. I do try and mix it up a bit. I do feel like I go a bit in phases. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like especially this year I've read so much Australian YA and it's been amazing so good but like, you're welcome I kept telling you to read it I'm so glad that you love it I mean well oh. it's not like I never did but like I've been reading no, I a lot think, more but I think definitely I in to. our in our friendship group I was the one who was like these Aussie authors are amazing yeah. and 
yeah, you hadn't really heard of them before. I've been, yeah, I've been exposed to a lot more and it's been really good. But, like, a mm. lot of my, you know, a lot of them are just, like, I mean, one of my favourite reads this year has been um, Gabrielle Toza's Remind Me How This Ends. And, like, I, I that so read much. The Intern in that years ago and, I yeah, I love Gab Toza's work. Um, but, yeah, Remind so. Remind Me How This Ends is so beautiful. It's very beautiful. But, yeah, like I said, I've been reading a lot of um, Australian young this year but I've also been reading a lot of um, memoirs. memoirs yeah and yeah <laughs> a lot of memoirs and mainly women well all women I don't actually think I've read a male one this year I read a few males last year like so May- like Neil Patrick Harris yeah and, stuff. and Roald Dahl and Canal Mayar and yeah I have mm. Jesse Eisenberg's actually which I bought at like a tickling shop or something maybe <laughs> um I think he's really funny Mm. You know, like in Now You See Me and The Social Network. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read it, but I own it. Um, but no, yeah, this year it's been all about the powerful women. And there was um, nothing wrong with that. Exactly. I've read Anna Kendricks, Amy Poehler, Lauren Graham. Um, yeah, I have Ashley Madison. Not Ashley Madison. Oh, my God. Wait, Holy that's man. the dating <laughs> That's the affairs dating site. Oh, yeah. my goodness. No, that is not what I meant. I meant Holly <laughs> Madison. Holly, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, I've got Holly Madison's and Did Tita you buy Bay's. that because she was on The Lady Gang? Yes, I did. <laughs> that was a good episode. I liked yeah, that. Yeah, I find her really interesting, actually. I'm looking mm. forward to reading it. But, yeah, I also have Tina Fey's and, yeah, so many more that I want to read. I, I have started getting into memoirs, too. I feel like I haven't read as many, but I've picked them up. I loved... And I constantly talk about her podcast on this podcast, and that is Emma Gannon, yes. Control-Alt-Delete. I think I you'd really, like I that. I really do need to read that. Because I feel like you will really love the way she talks about, like, basically carving out her own job in social media before yeah. it was a thing, um, apart from the fact it's just a very funny memoir of growing up on the internet. Like, the job stuff is really cool. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert really counts as a memoir, but it's... Something uh, I definitely kind of. I really think, enjoyed. I think it falls under that category. Um, but at home to read, I have like Gloria Steinem's book and Lindy West book. Lindy West's book, Shrill Notes from a Loud yeah. Woman, which looks really good, and I'm hearing so many good things about. The other one I really, really want to read is why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. Yeah. Another recommendation I got because I listened to the author on Control-Alt-Delete, yeah. how I'm getting most of my nonfiction recommendations now. There was a couple of other nonfiction sort of memoir-ish um, yeah. ish manifesto feminist stuff that well, yeah, I wanted like one, to read from Control-Alt-Delete. Yeah, one we both want to read is... Um... Girl Up by Laura Bates. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I decided to read that after listening to her on Control Alt Delete. Yeah. <laughs> so I basically I I read Everyday that Sexism. Um, you yeah. did that for your assignment, didn't you, at uni? Yeah. Kind but of. you wanted to read it anyway. I wanted to read it anyway, yeah. and I didn't finish it before my assignment was <laughs> done or anything, but it still helped. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, I love Laura Bates. I Everyday also Sexism really want project to, is amazing. I really want to read Tracy Spice's book um which I think is called The Good Girl Stripped Bare um and I want to read that because I heard her speaking with Virginia Trioli on 
the Wheeler Centre podcast um, and that was talking about the sexism she'd faced in the media industry and it was just fascinating and I love them yeah. both. So I definitely want to read that book yeah. as well. And as we've talked about before um, on this podcast, um, we need to read Roxane Gay's work. Yes, definitely. Definitely one on our TBRs that we need to yeah. plough through. And um, another one that I was recently recommended is um, How to Murder Your Life. I believe it's called by Kat Marnell. Such a good title. It's such a good title, hey. <sighs> Love it. Yes. Yes, no, that was recommended to me. Um, oh, about another one that I love, The Anti-Cool Girl by Rosie Waterland. Yes. You need to read that. Yeah, and what's that other one that you got me by? Um... Oh, my God. How did I not think of this? Yeah. It's like one of my favourite books of all time and it's a memoir slash like a bit of a research um, thing and that is called Girls Will Be Girls by Ema O'Toole. I'm, yeah. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it because it's Irish and I'm not sure if it should be Emma or oh, I just – Yeah. Irish names are a bit confusing. Um, yes, a little. But, Sorry. oh, God, I love and I love that book enough that when I saw it I bought a copy for Caitlin yeah. because I just believe – and I bought a copy for my mum – and I keep telling every woman I know to read it because it's all about gender and it is amazing. Yes, I do really want to read that one. So um, we're diverging a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Back um, to the TBR. <laughs> back to um, our TBR. Yeah, what are some recent books that oh, you've added okay. to the TBR? Let's so pick let's up our phones back again. Back on Goodreads, the most recent books that we have added to our TBRs. This will be very interesting, actually. Yeah, it will be, because um, I think mine are, ooh, I don't know what they are, actually. Our internet's a little bit slow. <laughs> okay, you can do, You have like, no books on this shelf. Yes, I do. Okay. You can do, like, um, yours is by position, you need to do a like, but you can do it by date added. And that but this is by date added. Never. It'll nice. be the same shelf. Same. Anyway. <laughs> I had once must have, like, done mine differently. Okay, so the top five. Oh, actually, I have a really good story for one of mine. So the first one, um, like, the most recent one I added is The Cutting Edge, the story of the Beatles hairstyles by Leslie Cavendish, which um, I added because Amanda from Cook, Read, Create slash The Bookish Manicurist um, and I both share a love of the Beatles and she recommended it to me because she knew I would love it. And it's basically all about their hairstyles. Um, but the book description, see, I didn't even read the book description because I was like, oh, Beatles, I'm there. Um, <laughs> so it is a fascinating view of what it was like working for the Beatles at the end of the 60s. Ray Connolly, pop culture writer and journalist who published over 50 interviews with the Beatles. Oh, dream. Um, and I got lost. Um, but he, he wasn't just the Beatles hairdresser. He was one of the few Londoners slash Cockneys at the core of the Apple empire. How many people can say they had a seat on the magical mystery tour bus, were inside the Apple building while the Fab Four played on the roof? Um, what were you doing inside? Get outside and watch them. And drove Paul McCartney across London in a Mini Cooper. I, for one, wish that that was me. Anyway, that is on my list. What's one of the most recent ones you've added? I feel like we should go back and forth. Yes. So the most recent one I actually just mentioned a minute ago <laughs> is um, Kat Marnell's How to Murder Your Life. 
Um, so this is recommended me by someone I know through work and I'll read the description because that's what Michelle did. <laughs> so at the age of 15, Kat Marnell unknowingly set out to murder her life. After a privileged yet emotionally starved childhood in Washington, she became hooked on ADHD medication provided by her um, psychiatrist father. This led to a dependence on Xanax and other prescription drugs at boarding school where she experimented with cocaine, ecstasy, whatever came her way. By 26, she was a talented doctor shopper who manipulated Upper East Side psychiatrists into giving her never-ending prescriptions. Her life had become a twisted merry-go-round of parties and pills at night and trying to hold down a high-profile job at Condé Nast during the day. With a complete lack of self-pity and honesty that is almost painful, Kat describes the crazed euphoria, terrifying come-downs, and the horrendous guilt she feels lying to those who try to help her. Writing in a voice that is utterly magnetic, prompting comparisons to Brett Easton Ellis and Charles Sorry, she captures something essential both about her generation and our times. That sounds fascinating. I know. So it's all about, yeah, she works in the magazine industry and stuff and has struggled with addiction obviously for a long time so um yeah like basically leading the high fancy life during the day mm. and then you know that's the, amazing yeah i know it sounds so interesting i hope i get to read it soon <laughs> so another one that i added to my tbr which has a really cool story behind it is purge by sophie Oksanen. um it's a finnish name so i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it right and so this was recommended to me, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because I'm going to butcher it, by an internationally renowned Finnish violin player who I interviewed for work because he was part of a tour that was coming to Rockhampton. Oh, cool. And he said to me, because I had mentioned, like we talked about at the start of this, he was talking about how when you learn different types of music, there are infinite possibilities and you can never kind of get through it all. And I was like, oh, I feel the same way about books. And then at the end of the interview, he said, oh, you mentioned you like books. Um, what book should I read that kind of sums up Australia? Like I like to, to read literature that's kind of set in the place that I, I visit. And after a lot of umming and ahhing, I recommended to him Friday Brown by Vicky Wakefield and Night Beach by Kirsty Eager because one of them really evokes our like mysterious outback and the other our beautiful like coastal areas and both okay. writers write landscapes so well yeah, they're they almost do. a character yeah. um so then I said to him well what book would you recommend that is really good about Finland which makes me think of one of our favorite movies Confessions <laughs> of a Shopaholic why do all of your excuses involve Finland? Because no one checks on Finland. So this book, like, I don't even care what it's about, but because I was like, oh, of course I'm going to read it. So he told me it was a very well-known one there and it, it's um, a very long description, so I won't read it all. But it's described as a breathtakingly suspenseful tale of two women dogged by their own shameful past and the dark unspoken history that binds them. So um, I understand the author is part Estonian and part Finnish and okay. it involves a lot of their history and um, it's, it's, he said it was just brilliant. Um, he said it was a very dark read um, and that they don't have many, like, light reads in Finland. No. So um, 
that it sounds like one I'll have That's to give myself we've up discussed for. before about how how different places yeah, have different different types of yeah yeah stories because I mean you know we've talked about this before about how you know a lot of Australian young adults is you know fairly happy mm. and and everything it's like yeah it's because all these are so relaxed and so chilled <laughs> that yeah anyway um, uh, so do you want to do a couple more yeah so my next one is. Take Three Girls by Kath Crowley, Simone Howe, and Fiona Wood. I mean, do we really need to say any more? For obvious reasons, yeah, it's on our list. Duh, I'm not even going to say anything but else. But see, that's interesting for me. That's not one I've marked as wanting to read because I know I want to read I it. I think it came up because Amanda read, read it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the next one after that is The Upside of Unrequited by Becky Abertalley. Um, I probably just seen that everywhere. Yes, I feel like this podcast should, should sometimes be called "How to Murder Your Pronunciation." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So we are terrible at pronunciation. We say that pretty much every episode. But yes, I do want to read this book. I only marked it recently. I know it's been a bit everywhere, um, but I only marked it as wanted to want to read recently because I have actually read her other book. Simon versus the Homo sapiens agenda, and I did enjoy it. So, yeah, I mean, I like her writing. I'm sure I would like this one. Everyone else seems to like it. Um, Another one for me is called Holding by Graham Norton, as in the Graham Norton show. Really? Yeah. And so the reason I've marked this is to read because I didn't want to forget what the name of the book was. So this is his first fiction novel. It's set in a small Irish town, so I'm so there. But the reason I added this is because I heard – like so many of my things involve, I heard this on a podcast. I heard Graham speaking on Glamour Magazine UK's Hey It's Okay podcast, oh, and cool. he was talking about this book, and it just sounded really on. good. So yeah, and then another one that's on my list is the Bletchley Girls, which I added to my list because I want to visit Bletchley Park while I'm in the UK. So I wanted to read a bit of history about about Bletchley Park, which is where they did lots of code breaking in the war and where Alan Turing created like what would go on to become like the first kind of computer. Um, But this, this particular book focuses on the women. Um, So obviously because the work they were doing was so top secret, they were never really recognized for their work. So this tells the story of um, 15 women who were all selected to work in the most secret World War II organisation, Bletchley Park. Um, a lot of them were schoolgirls at the outbreak of the war and over six years their lives would change forever. Um, and it's just amazing that they can finally be celebrated for their the work that they did that was incredibly vital to the war effort. Oh, wow. So, yeah, those are my recent ads. That's really cool. I'm sorry, as we were just scrolling through, I really want to mention a couple more. So <laughs> the one... After the upside of unrequited, it's actually the wrong girl by Zoe Costa Blake. We love that. Yes, which we love. We both want to read it after watching the TV show. But um, I have two more I'm going to mention. So, one is um, by Mayim Balik of Big Bang Theory. Okay, she yeah. Plays Amy Farrah Fowler. Um, it's called Girling Up: How to Be Strong, Smart, and Spectacular. Oh, and it sounds, sounds nice. very interesting because she actually was on, she was a star, like an actress as a child. She was on a TV show called Blossom and Aww. obviously is now on The Big Bang Theory, but she actually also has a PhD 
So it literally is about the science behind growing up. Oh, and like that's seeing so a cool. teenager and everything like that, as well as like you know her experience and things like that. So yes, so science and personal anecdotes. It just sounds really cool. And another one which came up, which I just I think is so awesome, and I probably will never read this, but I would really like to. It's called Chocolate Wars. The 150-year rivalry between the world's greatest chocolate makers by Deborah Cadbury. <laughs> Amazing, right? Wow. Look at that chocolate. Like, oh, my God. By someone whose last name is Cadbury. Is that for real? Yeah. No, it's for real. Oh, so, uh, I love it. <laughs> so I'll read the description. With the cast of characters that wouldn't be out of place in a Victorian novel, Chocolate Wars tells the story of the great chocolatier dynasties through the prism of the Cadburys. Chocolate was consumed, unrefined, and unprocessed as a rather bitter, fatty drink of the wealthy elite until the late 19th century when the Swiss discovered a way to blend it with milk and unleashed a product that would conquer every market in the world. Thank God for the Swiss. I reckon. Thereafter, one of the great global business rivalries unfolded as each chocolate maker attempted to dominate its domestic market and innovate new recipes for chocolate that would set it apart from its rivals. The contest was full of dramatic contradictions. Cadbury's were Quakers who found themselves making millions from an indulgent product. Kitty Hershey could hardly have been more flamboyant, yet her husband was moved by the Cadbury's tradition of philanthropy. Each product was a unique time and place as they shared one thing. They wanted to make the best chocolate in the world. That sounds so good, but it would make me so hungry. I know, but it sounds amazing. Even just you reading that makes me want to go get our chocolate out of the fridge. I reckon. Like, it's literally about Cadbury versus Hershey. Like, I I really want to see Since it. we've mentioned Cadbury so many times, can you please sponsor this podcast? We love yes. your chocolate. Yeah. Um, yes. Can I just mention two other ones real quick? Um, you all know I'm a murderino. Um, one of the books I added on the recommendation of Georgia, well, actually, I wouldn't say it was a recommendation. It was more like, don't read this book because it's really creepy. But I added it to my TBR anyway from Georgia from My Favourite Murder. Um, Who Killed These Girls, the 25-year and the – let me – I was was loading. (laughs) (laughs) Is that like the X-Files music? I don't know. I just (laughs) – The 25-year history of Austin's yogurt shop murders because when Georgia did this story, um, a few podcast episodes – back um the yogurt shop murders I just found it really creepy and um interesting and she said the book was really creepy and I don't know if I'll read it but it's on my list and the other one was Finding Nevo which I had seen a lot around but I added it after I saw the author and I'm gonna ruin the pronunciation again Nevo Zissen I hope I said that correctly on um Hack Lives special about um men's rights and like is men's rights bullshit I think that's what it was called um but uh it's about um Nevo who it's like a a memoir again um and Nevo is transgender so Mm -hmm. um the description is meet Nevo girl boy he she him her they them daughter son teacher student Friend, gay, bi, lesbian, trans, homo, Jew, dyke, masculine, feminine, androgynous, queer, 
Nevo was not born in the wrong body. Nevo just wants everyone to catch up with all that Nevo is. Personal, political and passionate, Finding Nevo is an autobiography with gender and everything that comes with it. And I think, oh, sorry, an autobiography about gender and everything that comes with it. And I just think that sounds really interesting and I really enjoyed hearing Nevo speak on the hack special and I was like, oh, definitely write that on my list, like remember to, to read it. So, yeah. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, well, we have spent a fair amount of time going through some I mean, books. Some I hope books. everyone else found this as interesting as we did. Yeah, I mean, the TV, and never <laughs> Let us know TBR. if you've read any of those books. Let yes. us know what your TBR situation is. Um, let us know what books we should add to our TBR. Yes, give us all the Because clearly we need more. <laughs> of course we need more recommendations. Yeah, but tell us what books have been on your TBR the longest as well. There's always one. There's usually yes, one yeah, book. there always is. War and Peace. Hanukkah and Oh. Something that you're never going to read, really. Yeah. There's t- yeah, there's so many like that that I'm just never going to read. <laughs> um, so if you want to communicate any of that with us, you can find us on all the social channels at Better Words Pod. You can find our show notes um, and other cool things from this episode at betterwordspodcast.com and you can rate and review us and subscribe on iTunes but you can also subscribe and listen now on a bunch of other Android-friendly apps like Stitcher and Overcast and CastBox. Um, let us know if there's any apps that we're not on that you use and we'll try and see if we can get added to those ones as well. We really want to make sure everyone can listen. Um, so, yeah, we hope that you'll join us for future episodes. Thanks for listening today. We love you a lot for listening. Um, have fun conquering that TBR. <laughs> yes. The never-ending TBR. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.